I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and, you know, to share about our life. Um, you know, I, I think there are still people out there who think that, uh, you know, families with same-sex parents are like weird or something. And um, we're really not. I mean, yeah, like I said, we're kind of weird in a normal kind of way. But um, we're regular folks just getting by like everyone else. Lisa Howard is a freelance writer and photographer. She and her wife, Kane, have two children, 12-year-old Chase and 7-year-old Jordan. In our conversation, Lisa talks with me about becoming a mother, about the joys and challenges of raising children, especially in the midst of a culture that's engaged in hot debate over what it means to be a family. Lisa and Kane have been together for 19 years, have been married under California law for five years, have been married under federal law for a year, and despite the shifting laws and debates, have settled into family life, raising their children, driving their carpools, going about the business of being a family. I'm so glad that Lisa took the time to sit down and talk with me about her family. And I'm really glad that you have decided to listen to this episode of Parenting Reimagined. This is Parenting Reimagined, a place where the conversation goes beyond what we do as parents, and we take the time to consider what parenting teaches us, how it transforms us, and what being parents means for the landscape of our inner lives. I am Sherry Walling. So Kane and I have, uh, we've known each other since high school, and we've been together for 19 years, but we've known each other for about 30. We, um, I'm a freelance writer and photographer, and Kane used to work for a veterinarian for many years and then was going to nursing school when she was in a car accident. So she has chronic pain, and she stays home with the kids and, uh, you know, does PTC and all those fun things. And we have two kids. Chase, our oldest son, is uh, 12. And then our daughter, Jordan, is 7. We love them a lot. <laughs> and that's sort of the very brief, quick overview of us. Did you always know that you wanted to be a parent? Actually, not really. Um, Kane did. She always, always wanted kids. I really always thought that I would adopt kids because I thought, well, you know, there's lots of kids in the world that don't have um, parents. And so I always thought, eh, I, I don't really have to do the, you know, giving birth thing, I'll adopt. But it didn't turn out that way. I did the giving birth thing and it worked out really fine and <laughs> I enjoyed it. And uh, here I am. So how did how did that work? <laughs> Um, not the way it normally works. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we went to a sperm bank in, in Berkeley okay. and had Chase like the second time we tried. Then with Jordan, we actually were trying for about three years. But, uh, you know, once you get pregnant, then it works the same way. <laughs> I'm just curious about like the conversation between the two of you. Who's going to carry the baby? Was that something that you both knew automatically or did that have to be negotiated 
Kane has some medical issues, so it wasn't possible for her. So I, I was it. And that's why okay. I said, like, she always knew she wanted to be a parent. And I always thought I would adopt. But that's how I ended up being the one having kids versus Kane because she couldn't. And were there certain things you were looking for in a donor? Yes. Actually, um, the sperm bank of California, which is in Berkeley, is um, one of the first sperm banks in the country that had um, identity release donors. And now, you know, a lot of um, sperm banks do that. But that was important to us. We wanted our kids to some be, someday be able to meet their biological father. And so um, the donors there, they can choose to be an identity release donor or an anonymous donor. And so our first thing was we wanted um, one who was an identity release donor. And then, you know, they give you lots of different um, background about the donors, um, you know, health and, you know, height and weight and different things about their background and what they look like. And so we'd kind of pick some that um, had blue eyes because I have blue eyes. And so we thought that would be kind of nice. And um, and then we kind of narrowed it down to a few. And we, we asked the staff, they're like, well, which one is the nicest? We went with the one who they said was the nicest guy. <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, we all love this guy. He's just so nice. We're like, well, that's the one we want. We want the nicest one. And so um, that was kind of how we decided. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I've never yeah. heard that before. I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, they don't put that in the, um, you know, they have to answer all these questions. And there's a long questionnaire that you can read and you read all through them, you know, like what they study and the kinds of food they eat and all this kind of stuff. But there's nothing on there to tell you, like, well, are you really a nice person? <laughs> and so we just ask the staff and they're like, yeah, th this is our favorite. We love this guy. And so we're like, okay. Hmm. There we go. Has your family come to a point where your children have, have asked about their biological fathers? They've never really asked because we've talked to them about it since they were little. So they know that their biological father, we call him the donor dad, is someone that they'll meet when they're older. And we also are in contact with some of the other families that have children from the same donor. So um, we know that Chase and Jordan have, you know, several siblings. As a matter of fact, they have a half-sister whose name is also Jordan. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so um, we've been in touch with them. Not all of the families that use the same donor want to be in touch with the other families, but some of them do. And so we've been in contact with them. You know, we Facebook and um We've Skyped a couple times with a few of them, but the kids aren't so much to the point that they, like, are really interacting a whole lot. I think maybe when they get older and they get more curious and they have more to talk about, then they will. Chase is, I think, the oldest one of the other um, families that, that we connect with, and Jordan is, I think, the youngest. So the other okay. kids um, fall somewhere between Chase and Jordan. And they're spread across the country. The sperm bank has a rule that the, there can only be 10 families. There can only be five on the West Coast and five on the East Coast. So we know one that's up in uh, Washington State, and then the other ones that we're in touch with are all on the East Coast. So we actually haven't had a chance to meet them in person. And do the kids have the same donor dad? 
Yes, they do. For a while, it was kind of um, a question whether that was going to work because, you know, once he had reached his limit of families, 10, then I don't know how to say this, but he was pulled off the market, you know, um, and <laughs> we had uh, run out of the sperm that we had, had purchased. So we actually didn't think that Jordan was going to be able to have the same uh, biological father, but somebody else had decided like they had, you know, purchased the, the sperm and then the, the, the sperm bank holds it, you know, they have it in storage there. Um, but they had decided that they weren't going to have any more kids, and so they released it back to the sperm bank. And the sperm bank will only give it to the families that already had kids by that same donor because he had reached the limit of, of 10 families. And so we had said we were on the waiting list and we would be interested in. So they called us up and we're like, yes, we definitely are interested in it. And um, so there you go. And there's Jordan. What have you especially enjoyed about being a parent? Everything. <laughs> um, I don't, uh, you know, my kids drive me crazy. <laughs> um, but I love them. And I love even the fact that they, they drive me crazy because that's what kids are supposed to do. But, you know, it's they remind me every day that there is so much joy and life in life and it reminds me to to be a child again I, I think also because I was 35 when we had Chase and 40 when we had Jordan so I, I think that it's helped me stay younger <laughs> I'm hoping because I want to do things with them and show them things and have fun with them so yeah I just I enjoy all of it it's, it's fun they're so different I mean, not just the fact that, you know, they're a boy and a girl and they're different ages, but their personalities are, are so different and there's different challenges, you know, dealing with them. I, I, I love every every minute of it. Hmm. It sounds like there's a lot of playfulness and fun that, that goes into it, as well as the the pain in the butt part. But <laughs> I try. I don't know if my kids think that I'm, I'm uh, fun, but... Um, since I, I'm a freelance photographer and, and writer, like my, my son calls me the crazy camera lady because I'm always <laughs> taking pictures of him. But last week we went, or two weeks ago, we went whitewater rafting on the American River, which was a lot of fun. But he was teasing me because I was the person that was, you know, in the raft with the camera strapped on my head. <laughs> and I'm like, someday when you grow up, you will appreciate this. You will you will look back and you'll like all these crazy photos that I have of you, you know, of us doing fun things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And the other people on the raft appreciated the crazy camera lady with the camera on her head because I sent them all photos. And so... They didn't. They wouldn't have had photos otherwise. They weren't complaining. I'm sure. No. So you and and Kane are raising your kids um, in the midst of, I guess, a lot of public conversation about what it means to be a family, and I guess a conversation is sort of a generous word. But um, <laughs> I'm wondering how how has that affected your family, or you know, what's what are some of the conversations around your dinner table? Um, we've been very lucky because first we live in California. So, you know, in terms of the state and most of the people here, um, the vast majority are very open-minded. 
and we've never really had a lot of problems. We were kind of worried that um, when we had kids that they would have, uh, you know, kids that tease them at school and things like that. And it's it's never happened. And Kane is mm-hmm. on the PTC at the school, and we've never had any problems with the teachers. We've never had any problems with any of the kids, you know. Um, when Chase was born, there was one nurse in the hospital that uh, we we kind of think didn't like us very much. Um, but most of the time, um, we we've been very lucky. We haven't we haven't faced a lot of discrimination. And you know everything that's going on in the public now, we talk about it. But to them, it's it's not really a big deal. It's like, oh yeah, same sex marriage, yeah, um, yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, they don't, they haven't been around to see like how far we've come and how much that's been a struggle. And it was funny because I was listening to some of your other interviews and I had heard you ask somebody like, well, how long have you been together? How long have you been married? And I thought, well, let's see if she asked me that question. That's kind of a hard one to answer because it depends on who you ask. It's like, well, in the state of California, We've been registered domestic partners for 13 years. We've been legally married for five years, but the federal government just decided we were married this year. And if we were to walk into the state of Mississippi today, we still wouldn't be married. So it's kind of been a long and strange journey, but I tell you, we are just so thrilled when uh, the Supreme Court struck down DOMA. I woke up and I was on the computer so that I could watch the live blog as the decisions came out. And I just, I cried because it's been, you know, a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We still don't, you know, we still don't really know what it means because there's still so many things that are up in the air, even about that decision. And and it Mm -hmm. may not uh, apply to all the people in states with domestic partnerships, but um, we got married in California right before Prop 8 passed. So we are registered domestic partners and we are legally married in the state of California, but in other Mm -hmm. states, we're nothing. Why was it so important to you to get married? Just from your story with Kane. Honestly, I never really cared too much about the word. And when the Supreme Court first handed, the state Supreme Court first handed down the decision that um, same-sex marriage would be legal in California, there was a lot of um, discussion about whether or not that was going to stick. And Kane's like, we should go get married. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't know if we should because I don't know if it's going to last, you know, and I kind of don't want to go and do it and then have them take it away, you know, because... Uh, I don't know, that just, it it wasn't, the the word really wasn't that important to me. We already had the same legal rights in the state. But then um, a week before Prop 8 was on the ballot, I'd been watching the polls and I'm like, eh, you know, I think you're right. We should go do this because I don't think Prop 8 is going to get struck down. I think it's going to pass and we should go do it now. I don't know what it's going to mean, but we should do it. And I think, you know, I still, it's not, it's not so much the word, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it has to be the same word. And, and honestly, I think, you know, domestic partnerships and marriage, 
it's not quite the same as the separate but equal laws that we used to have where you have one set of fountains to drink out of here and one set over there. Because once you sign the paper, like it really doesn't affect your day-to-day life. So um, the word wasn't that important to me. But after we did it, and then after this whole discussion, you know, became bigger and bigger and more states started saying, yeah, we, we'll call it marriage. Um, and the Supreme Court came down and finally said, yeah, I, I think you guys, you can call it marriage. We'll, we'll uh, strike down DOMA and, you know, yeah, you're married. Then suddenly it was like, you know what, I, I feel like I'm no longer second-class citizen. It's not, it's like, yeah, yeah, suddenly I'm, I'm equal with everybody else. In the state of California, it's been that way for a long time, but to have the federal government say, yeah, you're equal, it's it's a nice thing. Mm. And you, the two of you have been friends since high school and, you know, together for 19 years, you have children together, you've gone through job transitions and moving and a car accident and, you know, just you've gone through so much life together that it seems like it's your choice. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I think it should be. And I'm yeah. glad that our kids are growing up in a world where it's not going to be a big deal for them. Like our kids, it's like they really don't, um, it's not a big deal to them. Even though it's a big deal to us, it, it doesn't impact their day-to-day life. Now, we have friends who live in Kansas, and, you know, I think it probably impacts their kids a lot more because it, the laws are very different. So um, it's, it's, it's different every state. And that's kind of the hard thing is that it's different state by state. And that's why I think that the, you know, someday the, the Supreme Court will say, yes, this should be the law of the entire nation. But for right now, it's like it, it's nice that they've said, well, if the state allows it, yeah, we'll allow it too. What do you wish that people knew about two mom families? Um, that were pretty much normal. Uh, that there's nothing special to know (laughs) yeah that's it what I wish you to know is like well there's really nothing to know like you know we get up and make the kids breakfast and send them (laughs) off to school and we do PTC things and we go whitewater rafting and you know sometimes my kids drive me crazy and you know sometimes we laugh and have fun and you know my son likes spaghetti for dinner Uh, Um, we're just normal or well no we're not really normal but we're like abnormal in the normal kind of way (laughs) yeah abnormal the way that everyone else is exactly (laughs) (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. yeah have there been parts of parenting that have been particularly tough for you our seven-year-old is a very willful child (laughs) and that's sometimes hard to deal with she's very bright she's um going into the gate program at school and uh she thinks she knows everything and uh Mm. she doesn't so that's Mm -hmm. sometimes hard to deal with because she just doesn't always want to listen um yeah (laughs) we haven't had major issues you know the Two mom families isn't an issue. We haven't had, you know, lots of tragedy in our life or, you know, lots of upheavals. So, yeah, just the normal kind of difficulties of parenting. So some of the 
parents that I have talked with for this project have talked about how their view of God or sense of spirituality has changed as they've become parents. And I'm, I guess I'm wondering if that's been part of your experience. I don't know that it has changed. Um, but I think... Um, Neither of us are religious people, but we are spiritual people. Like, we don't go to church. Cain would like to, but we haven't really found one up here that, that we've not to. I, I sort of see miracles in everyday life, and I think having kids makes that more uh, noticeable or, or minds mm -hmm. it more. I, I have this, uh, this saying that, I don't think that love is really a human emotion. I think it's a it's a spiritual connection between two people. And, and I, I tell people that, you know, if you were to ask someone, why do you love your husband or your best friend or your mom, your dad, most people will give you a list of traits of things that they know about that person. And most of them will be, you know, like, they're kind, they're funny, you know, they make me feel good, they're honest. And, and, and you know, I bet most of the time there will be a, a lot of overlap in those, those traits. But if you were to ask someone when they just have a baby, and I think about when I just had Chase and I just had Jordan, well, what do you love about this person? It's not that, you know, they're funny or that they're, you know, they look at you a certain way or, you know, they make you feel good when you come home from the end of the day at work, you know, they give you a hug because like a baby just is there. And yet I know that I love them from the moment they were born and even before they were born more than anybody that has it ever been in my life? And I think that that is like, that is the definition of true love. It's like you don't love them because they have a certain human trait. You love them because they are. And I don't think there's any time that you recognize that so much as, as when you have a child, because that moment when they come out and you hold them for the first time, oh, now I'm going to get all choked up. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's pure love. And I think that, that to me is what spirituality is. It's like recognizing the love and that the, the part of us that is not a human person, but that spiritual being and and that is the connection I think that parents have with their their children I don't get these parents who could ever like stop talking to their kids or you know uh, get so upset with them for doing something that you know they disown them you know a lot of parents would do that with kids who are gay and I just I can't ever imagine my kids doing anything that could make me stop loving them so um, the long-winded answer to your question is, yes, I guess it has changed me because, you know, I, I think I, I get that connection even more so now because I don't think there's ever a time in your life you have that very pure 
spiritual connection other than when you have a child. I guess the word that's coming to mind as you talk about this is the word transcendence. Like that it's, it's love that transcends logic or reason or anything that that child concretely brings into your life that's then deserving of love. Right. That, you know, it's, it's sort of beyond, beyond the exchange. It's, it's outside of either of you. Right. It's, it's pure. It's, it's pure love. And I think it, it is a spiritual connection. I don't think it's a human emotion. I think it's a spiritual connection that, mm. that people have. And I, I think it's most obvious when, when you have kids, because yeah, it, it's transcendent. What are you most hoping for, for your kids? I hope they grow up to be nice people, um, kind to others. I hope that they, you know, have, um, a life that's not too difficult, although I know that everybody has difficulties in their lives, but, you know, I hope it's not uh, too hard. Um, I hope that we leave some sort of world for them to enjoy because I worry a lot about what we're doing to the environment. Um, And I hope they have much, much joy and love in their life. As I was, um, you know, preparing to talk with you today, I looked at your Facebook page. Yeah. And um, I, I noticed the quote that you have as part of your heading. While we try to teach our children about life, our children teach us what life is all about. Yeah. What, 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 what do you connect to in that quote? I just think we get so caught up in day-to-day stuff that we forget that we have everything that we really need in life and um, kids are just so pure and simple they just like you know I'm I'm here I'm doing this I I, I'm living in the present (laughs) and I think kids do that really well and adults you know we sometimes forget about that we're worrying about the past or the future I think we have a lot to learn from kids and, you know, just how much joy they have. And, uh, you know, they don't spend their days worrying and being depressed most of the time about stuff. They just live for the moment and enjoy it. And I think that's what uh, we all can learn from them. Well, that's the the end of my uh, prepared questions. But I wonder if there's anything else you want to you wanna say, anything else that feels unfinished or is important to you that I didn't ask you about? Um, I don't think so. I'll probably think of 10 things like after we stop talking or I'll think, gosh, I shouldn't have said that or I should have said it better. But Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and talk about your lives and your story and your normal abnormality. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate the opportunity. <laughs> This is the end of my conversation with Lisa Howard. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope that you will come back next week when I share my recent interview with author Andrew Solomon. Andrew recently wrote a book called Far From the Tree, Parents, Children, and the Search for Identity. And it has been the book that's really had me thinking this summer. Andrew interviews many, many parents from lots of different backgrounds about their experience raising children who are very different from them in some key way. 
and it is a very thoughtful book, very well researched, very informative, but written with a tenderness and a kindness that I think it just makes it a really lovely piece of work. So if you don't have time to check out the book, um, come back next week and I will be sharing my interview with Andrew and talking with him about his family and his experience of parenting as well as um, his experience with the book. Thanks so much for listening to Parenting Reimagined. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting Reimagined. If you like what you heard, visit our website, parentingreimagined.org, and sign up for our mailing list. You can also like us on Facebook. Thanks for taking the time to be part of this community of parents who's committed to learning the deeper lessons of parenting.